0: This show is part of the Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome gather round the fireside and listen to a tale Of yon Macool, Coo Cullen, Deirdre draw the Sorrows, Grain your wail From giants right down to fairies, of both the drooping and solitary And most are sometimes scary Anything goes by the fireside yeah. Ah. Fox and Bully On a bursting battlefield of confusion We compulsively sat in between I sought congealed sugar blood Before allies caught my lesser scent and turned We occupied the same wood But he was rounder weaker, so he had to die. Equally applicable barbs sank in on the plane of kicks and calls. Raising destruction brought strange relief. These were days of the bad trade, chipped clash and the swirling, splashing dirt. The depths were drawn in the rising profane, resulting in a stroll down taxidermy row. But amid that destructive hypocrisy, he appeared. One who may escape the light detection, whose call was once unknown, beautiful if contact was avoided, earliest beginning. Every time I regain perspective, I remember the fox And seek his den once more Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast Each episode of Fireside we take a story from folklore mythology We retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 151 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we begin our celebration of my upcoming book of poetry, Garden Sea, with the folklore and stories of the fox and the wolf. And a reading of my own poem, which you just heard there, Fox and Bully. If you have not done so already, please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Email me at thefiresidebard@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And if you really want to support, you can do so over at headstuffpodcast.com, uh, where you can join HeadStuff Plus where for as little as five euro a month, although you can pay more if you want, you can gain access to not just bonus material for this podcast, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And um, Kindle pre-orders are now available for my book, Garden Scene Now. Uh, these pre-orders are a very important time, the most important time for any new book, especially for a brand new author. Uh, the link for the description is in all of those below. Pre orders for the physical copy of the book will be available from Head Stuff's website very soon. You can email me at firesidebar gmail.com if you want to get an order in before the pre orders go live. And if you are around Dublin on December 9th, come along to Fireside Live to celebrate the return of live storytelling and also the third anniversary of Fireside. It's going to be a night of folklore, mythology and music, poetry and prose, song and story, and just a bit of drink and devilment because it is also BYOB. So bring your own hooch and come along to the podcast studios on December 9th at 7 p.m., Tickets are €12, they're available from Eventbrite at the link in the description below. There's going to be a lot of links down there, Uh, and that's all there for you. There's very, very limited tickets left for this show, folks. So if you are around and you want to come along, please do book as soon as you can. And with that, let's just talk a little bit about why I've written a book of poetry and why I'm talking to you about it on Fireside today. I wanted to write a book of poetry for a number of reasons. Uh, First of all, I wanted to become a better writer and storyteller and the greatest adaptations of mythology throughout history from Homer to Yeats have always been from poets. So I wanted to develop my own poetic voice. Also, the old Irish bards, they were amongst the only poets and storytellers in the world who were encouraged to put their own spin or their own slant on the old lore. And I wanted to lean more into this also having worked in adaptation for three years now with this podcast i wanted to create a book of work that was entirely my own and finally in in tandem with this so much of irish mythology and folklore exists around or outside of my own homeland of wicklow and i wanted to create a piece that was a piece of new folklore or a neo myth of my own home now i went about this by taking, uh, taking the mad notion of taking a year-long intensive course at the Oxford School of Poetry with an incredible teacher named Kirsten Norrie, who performs under her highland name of McGillivray. I highly recommend you check out her work either online or in her books. And every week, Kirsten, Kirsten and I would submit assignments and work and. Kirsten would critique them. And then while we explored a vast gamut of subgenres, from Anglo Saxon verse to surrealism to looking at angels, ballads, songs of the sea, Kirsten always shaped the course around the work that I submitted to her. And we were geared by what next would be best for me and for my own development as a writer. And this kind of personal touch made it this course possibly the greatest thing I've ever done creatively and artistically and I'll always be incredibly grateful to Kirsten for that so Garden Sea is the fruit of that labour and after working on it for nearly a year and a half the book is finally ready and I really hope all of you enjoy it who are interested in it and who want to buy it Um, the decision to uh, in the lead up to the book's release on December 10th And the live show on December 9th, I wanted to share some of the poems here and tell stories of the folklore surrounding them uh, because there is no doubt that without Fireside there would be no Garden Sea. And that is why I fully agree that any of you who enjoy Fireside will be welcome in Garden Sea. And the first poem I wanted to share, also we've been exploring Irish or Welsh mythology so much over the past few months. With no dip back into Irish folklore, and I wanted to ease back into that with an exploration of a lot of Irish folklore again that I've been wanting to do. Um, specifically, a lot of animal, uh, animal lore and bird lore and and tree lore, which I haven't been able to do as much because they kind of exist as little, little tiny little bits of stories or just little facts rather than enough meat on them to justify their own episode so in a similar way that I did with maybe my christmas special last year where i talked about the r- robin and the wren i wanted to explore try this out for the, for the next couple of weeks where if i just take an animal or two and explore the different folklore and and history and of them and their experiences in ireland and the little tiny bits of stories surrounding them and maybe stories that they have in common with each other uh, to see how you all like that and to see how that starts to work um, because that could open it up a huge amount to what we can explore in terms of of Fireside. And I especially wanted to lean very heavily back into folklore for a little while while we figure out uh, our balance back between the mythology and the folklore that has always been the way on Fireside thus far. So the first poem I wanted to share uh, was one of the very first pieces that I wrote uh, that I felt like myself that I felt was written by myself and not an imitation of someone else. It's called Fox and Bully. It's it's the piece I opened with because I would like to read it cold first, you know, open with it cold. Uh, because we, basically the background of it was when I was younger I was quite badly bullied in school. But as it's well known many bullies are just one word away from being victims of bullies themselves. And so the idea of this kill or be killed reminded me an awful lot about the life of the fox, who has since become one of my attendant animals. So before I read Fox and Bully again, I would like to explore some of the folklore and stories of the fox, and indeed of his uneasy ally, the wolf. This is The Fox and the Wolf on Fireside. The Fox and the Wolf There are two wild dogs that once roamed the deep forests of Ireland. Natural enemies and uneasy allies. The first was the Irish Wolf. Native to this land and known in Irish as Mac the son of the land. The wolf has always been feared and hated by farmers for their threat to the livestock. But this mysterious and proud creature has always been respected by kings, goddesses, and heroes. The great Cormac McArte was said to have been suckled by a she-wolf until he was found by his birth mother, after which the entire wolf pack guided mother and child back to their own homes. Queen Maeve of Connacht was known as the fair-haired wolf-queen and the goddess of war, battle and death, the Morrigan, took the form of a wolf in one of her brawls with the Hound of Ulster, Cú As much as the wolf features in stories of Irish mythology, there are relatively few stories in Irish folklore. This is in no small part to the Cromwellian plantations of the mid-17th century, when land was taken off Catholic Irish and given to Protestant English. The English planters were horrified to discover that the wolf was still commonplace in Ireland. And as they eviscerated the Irish forests to expand their own lands, a bounty was put out of six pounds for a she-wolf, And five pounds for a male By the end of the 18th century The Irish wolf was extinct There is frequent talk of reintroducing them But without the sufficient forestry And the natural threat to livestock The Irish wolf may remain the sole part Of history and mythology But in the 9th century When the Vikings came to this island, bringing their own gods and customs, they were to bring another kind of wild dog to Ireland. A wild dog that would outlive even the great Irish wolf, and still roams our countrysides and cities. I'm speaking, of course, about the fox. Slight. Svelte and wild, the fox, like the wolf, has always been reviled and respected in equal measure. They are hunters, scavengers, but they are cunning and clever. Their very name is a synonym for sly. But if they were indeed introduced by the Vikings, they have certainly been embraced as a native beast of Ireland. As their name in Irish, Shinnach comes from the ancient Irish for Old One. The fox is said to be able to see the future, the yelping bark a call to when it is going to rain. The fox was even said to act as a banshee for certain Irish families, gathering in troops with their shrill cry predicting an impending death. The fox and the wolf are natural enemies, and uneasy allies. The wolf is strong and savage, the fox slight and subtle. The wolf is exclusively wild, the predator of forests and wilderness. The fox, however, can survive in the country or in the city. He is almost as much cat as he is dog. One story tells of a fox and a wolf who formed an uneasy alliance. They were both hungry and hadn't eaten in days. The fox knew of an unguarded cellar full of meat and fruit and grain. The fox needed the wolf's strength to get into the cellar and her threatening frame for protection. The wolf, for her part, was uneasy about the arrangement. She was a proud beast. She hunted for her food. Usually, she hunted alone. Or if she hunted with others... The others were other wolves. But these days there seemed to be more and more humans and fewer and fewer wolves. So the wolf had to think of other forms of hunting. But the wolf also didn't trust the fox. How could you trust a fox? With a wolf you knew where you stood. You were either a threat, an ally, or dead. But with a fox, every time you looked they'd be in a different place and on a different side. But the wolf had to put her pride and prejudice aside and team up with the fox, for this one day at least. The cellar door, a phrase which J.R.R. Tolkien believed to be the most wonderful phrase in the English language. The cellar door was fastened shut by a large lock hanging from a chain. The broad and lumbering shove of the wolf allowed the pair to break open the door enough for both of them to squeeze through. But the lock and chain remained. Once inside, the fox and the wolf were overwhelmed by the amount of food stocked inside the cellar. How could the humans consume this much? They could not possibly eat all of this. It was just greed. So the fox and the wolf thought it was only right for them to eat their fill. Even if the two of them ate enough to burst, there would still be more food and drink than the humans knew what to do with. So the pair began to gorge. They began with the meat, the wolf tearing great chunks of flesh in her long, sharp jaws. The fox took smaller, but no less devouring bites. But the fox is not strictly carnivorous and then moved on to fruit and grains. But the wolf had significantly less interest in those. Only meat can fill the stomach of a wolf. That you even eat fruits and berries is why you are so small, and I am so large. A large size is not always an advantage, said the fox. Soon the two cracked a cask of wine and began to lap it up. Every so often the fox would take a break and return to the entrance of the cellar door. The fox would leave and come back, as if she was alleviating some kind of curse. The wolf said, You are wasting valuable time with your paranoia. If the humans come, we run. If they corner us, we attack. At least I can run and attack. But then again, I am much bigger and stronger than you are. The fox nodded and continued to take her smaller bites and keep her lookout. Soon the wolf and the fox heard the distinct sound of human footsteps. They had been found out. The time came for them to leave. The fox nimbly slipped through the crack in the cellar door. The wolf followed, but she became stuck. She couldn't fit through. Every time the fox had eaten, she had made sure that she could still fit out of the cellar door, but the greedy wolf had continued to gorge, and now she was too bloated to escape. Help me, cried the wolf. Would that I could, said the fox. But unfortunately, you were right. I'm not as big and strong as you are. I could never have broken into the cellar without you. But I was also right. A large size isn't always an advantage. And now I am free. And you are caught. As the wolf howled, the fox slipped back into the night. The wolf was caught. The proud beast had been duped by the clever fox and undone by her own hubris. The End Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. I'm Trevor. I'm Ed. And I'm Andrea. And we are... The, the Sinistream, Sinistream Club. Club Where we take a movie That society deems a classic And put it to a Sinistream test Where we ask All the tough questions Like Does this movie Make any sense? Why isn't Tom Hanks In this movie? How many sandwiches Are in this film? What kind of watches Are people wearing? Was that sex scene Really necessary? Says my mother What trivia Does Trev know In Trev's Trivia What trivia Do I know? in review. Trivia. That's what i said. say. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All these questions and more will be answered every fortnight in the CineStream Club. Available from wherever you get your podcasts. And the Headstuff Podcast Network. And that is some of the folklore and stories concerning the wolf and the fox. Because uh, those who have been listening to this podcast for long enough may remember this. Uh, in the early days, in the first year, we did these four... Four Folktales Featuring a Fox, which came from Sean O'Sullivan's uh, book from the Folklore Commission of uh, the Folktales of Ireland. But my big discovery in the last year or so, just over a year ago, have been this series of books by Niall Quitor. I need to find out how exactly that is pronounced. It's not a name I'd come across before. But he does this series of books on Ireland's trees, Ireland's animals, Ireland's birds, and Ireland's uh, flowers and wild fauna. And I have, I bought and read each and every one of them, and they're absolutely incredible. And they go through each, say, say, for example, in the Ireland's animal book, they take each animal and explore them from a point of view of folklore, of mythology, of their relationship with humans. Um, of different medicinal beliefs associated, um, the their relationship with nature, and there's really really wonderful stuff. And in the section about the fox, many of these stories that I had already come across in Jean O'Sullivan's book were there, but there were also some of these other ones, including the story about the fox and the wolf, and naturally because it's a collection of of various different animals there's only so much time that can be devoted to each so sometimes a story is only told in a couple of lines um so naturally you would think it wouldn't be suitable for for fireside but through something like this because animals animals are particularly huge part of a lot of the folklore poetry in garden sea and I was certainly able to identify a couple of attendant animals for select poems and I wanted to begin with Fox and Bully because it was, like I said, one of the first poems that I was happy with and where it felt like it was me writing and this fox character kind of kept coming up and the fox had been with me probably since those stories we did in Fireside back in the early days so I wanted to explore more of that lore especially once I discovered this idea that, uh, that it was the Vikings who had brought the fox over this is not true. This is what's uh, very nicely called folk zoology, you know, with this idea that just because they were red and they uh, they bore a similarity visually of the Vikings, that they must be a Viking animal. But I love that as well as coming from a coastal former Viking settlement, and um, that my attendant animal in this book about Wicklow would be this animal associated with the Vikings and so because of this exploration of the fox then I wanted to explore our native son as well which is the wolf the Irish wolf and I just loved this this parable esque folk tale of of the fox and the wolf and they seemed such natural animals to compare to one another as the fox is as or as the fox my favorite thing about the fox is that they now I would consider them as much a part of the city as the country and I think that's one of the things I associate with them most of all is that I am someone from from the countryside but I lived and loved living in cities for so much of the last 10 years and since spending a lot more time at homes in the last couple of years um I now have this, this sense of duality in me that I didn't think exist, existed before that I feel is shared with this idea of the fox. So I hope this... Uh, let me know what what you think about this kind of way of exploring animals because while there may not be single stories that could make up an entire episode, what I can do is explore some of these these folk beliefs and these... Histories of, for example, I I didn't know that before about the wolf that uh, that they had been almost personally executed by Oliver Cromwell during his his plantations of Ireland in the 17th century. Um, that the wolf was rampant in Ireland and a very and held a very uneasy but respected place in Irish society because there is very little history of. Irish wolf attacks and when we look at the Brehan laws the wolf isn't considered as much of an enemy in society as it would necessarily be to the likes of farmers with their livestock but in general it wasn't considered that the, the wolf was an enemy of people that they were a thing to be feared but when Cromwell came over and started to wipe out all of the forests to make more room for the plantations for these lands for people uh, for specifically for Protestant Englishmen um that the wolf was one of the first things to go to that and they've been extinct for a long time because of that as long as I've been alive there's always been this story about uh, about bringing back the wolf and reintroducing the wolf but this point that Niall McQuittor makes that uh, the resistance you would get from both farmers and also the lack of forestry in Ireland now that there isn't enough forestry to sustain uh, the actual habitat of wolves, which is very, very sad, but is a very good, a very valid point against their reintroduction and how the Irish wolf, so much associated with so much of our folklore and our mythology, uh, could belong to that period. But With all that said, just after swimming around in that, um, I would like to... Wrap things up by reading "Reading Fox and Bully one more time. Fox and Bully On a bursting battlefield of confusion We compulsively sat in between I sought congealed sugar blood Before allies caught my lesser scent and turned We occupied the same wood, but he was rounder, weaker, so he had to die. Equally applicable barbs sank in on the plane of kicks and calls. Raising destruction brought strange relief. These were days of the bad trade, chipped clash and the swirling, splashing dirt. The depths were drawn in the rising profane resulting in a stroll down taxidermy row. But amid that destructive hypocrisy he appeared. One who may escape the light detection, whose call was once unknown, beautiful if contact was avoided. Earliest beginning. Every time I regain perspective, I remember the fox. And seek his den once more. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this first of three, four, depending on how we get on, of these Garden Sea specials, exploring the folklore, the folklore of some of the poems uh, that have featured and and inspired the work in Garden Sea. There's a very particularly vulnerable. Uh, period of this podcast naturally for me this is my very first book it's my first publication you know and i'm very very excited very proud of the work i've done with it and i naturally hope that as many of you who enjoy this podcast will enjoy that so with that all in mind please do if you have not done so already follow me over on instagram fireside bard email me at the firesidebard at, at uh, support the podcast over at headstuffpodcast.com um, you can pre-order Garden Sea on Amazon right now in the Kindle version. The physical copy will be available from Headstuff hopefully by the next episode and uh, for pre-orders. Uh, it's going to be available everywhere from December 10th, um, so plenty of time before Christmas, hopefully. Uh, I should be able to do... Uh, post the physical copy anywhere in the UK and Ireland, and um, we'll have to have another look at uh, at America. I know a lot of you are over there, and um, but we can, if any of you are interested, we can have a look at that and and sort try and sort that out if there's a desire for that there. Um, and please do come along to the live show on. Uh, I should say as well, yeah, the reason pre-orders are so important for uh, new work is because that is where. They get their reviews and their customer reviews on Amazon, and they get some of their written reviews, and naturally can climb up their own respective charts in their own little niche subgenre, such as poetry is. Uh, so, it does make a huge difference for any of you who do want to pre order the book on Kindle if that is how you will be wanting to, to read it, um, or even if you want to get on more. It will also be available on audiobook from Audible. I'm recording that in sessions this week. Um, so that'll all be available very soon as well. And finally, yes, please do come along to the live show, Fireside Live at the podcast studios on December 9th at 7 p.m. It is BYOB. Tickets are 12 euro. They're available from Eventbrite. The links for all of this will be very clearly laid out in the bio below. Next week, we're going to do one of my favorite pieces, uh, which is St. Kevin and the Angels. We're going to be talking about one of my favorites. uh Characters from this podcast, which is my partial namesake and the patron saint of Garden Sea himself, St. Kevin, where we're also going to be exploring. That is a poem about my, my relationship between and my travels this year between Ireland and California and so it's going to be about the bird associated so much with St. Kevin which is the blackbird and a bird associated so much with America which is the eagle so we're going to be exploring the folklore and stories of the blackbird and the eagle that's all to come next week until then I'll see you all you'll hear me all and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside